welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 59, right? Yep, 59. We literally just talked about it, and I forgot again. Episode 59, uh, I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And uh, my New Year's resolution for this this episode is to try to stop saying, uh, so much. Uh, I mean, I guess, uh, what were we talking about? I, I just, I've listened to old episodes, and I feel like I do that a lot, where I'm like, you know what, Pat? Uh, this thing, and, uh, and I'm you're, like, you're just, God. You're just trying out to be our uh, second... Uh, God damn it, I just said it. I caught myself because I was paying attention. You're, you're trying out to be our second black president. Because, uh, let me be clear. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't say, uh, that much. No. Well, that's the that's the impression of Obama that uh, we always do and a lot of people do. I can't uh, tell... You gotta, gotta do the pauses. Did... Did he pause? I think he paused on purpose. Like, I feel like all of his speaking was intentional. And yeah, it was pretty well, good. It's because uh, the cameras that film the president have a really good sound system, so it cuts out yeah. a lot of the background applause. So what you're not hearing is just how loud the crowd would get. So he would stop talking and let them you know, do their reaction, and then he'd keep talking. But it came off to the person viewing it on TV as Obama just pauses a lot. So it sort of created a speech pattern for him. You know who I haven't checked with in a while? Uh, huh. Speaking of Obama and comedy... Um, I don't know if anybody out there remembers, but me and uh, Pat are intimately familiar with this. He's an old Southern singing comedian named Ray Stevens, <laughs> uh, and he used to he used to have a bunch of really old songs like "The Flash" about a guy that, or was it "The Streak" about a guy the that streak. was streaking through the grocery store, and a song about the Shriners and all this stuff. Uh, he was like big in the eighties. Squirrel revival. And I wondered what happened to him, you know. So I looked him up, like in like you know the the two thousands. And he's just got a bunch of anti-Obama songs. Yes, yeah, it's, tra- it's tragic how his brain sort of fell out. The well, squirrel must have got it. <laughs> he looks, he's like this, he's old now, so they just basically just kind of like, it's almost like they prop him up in a studio in front of a green screen and they go, hey man, uh, we wrote some shit about Obama, will you sing it? And he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll Where's sing it. Where's my dentures? They're in your mouth. Who? They're in your mouth. What's <laughs> in my mouth? Did they steal my pills? Sing the song. Okay. What's an oblomber? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brand of gum. Don't worry about it. Oh, I don't like gum. It sticks to my dentures. I'm looking for them, by the way. Where are they? And so, that's the that's the story of the Mississippi Obama revival. So I kind of wonder if he's done any pro-Trump songs. But it seems like it's harder to do a something I like song than something I hate song. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, first of all, yes. But secondly, maybe he also hates Trump. I don't know. Why is the orange man so angry? No, I feel like he's got to love Trump because, like, he hit all the Fox News talking points. He had this song called uh, Mr. President. Oh, and no. It was basically a green screen of him and the press corps asking Mr. President uh, songs or questions in a song, and then he would do an Obama impression about, like, well, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and act real cool. And then, like, it was a bunch of real weird... Here's the thing. Like, a lot of Fox News's, um, uh, what do you call it, framing of Obama is that he's just pretending to be smart, pretending to speak well, pretending to have good ideas. When in reality, he spoke well because he can speak well. He he pretended like he had good ideas because he had good ideas. He pretended to be real cool because he was real cool. And it it drove Fox News insane because he was the perfect president. And that just pissed him off. He's definitely... So the reason that pissed him off, honestly... And or at least I don't know if it really pissed him off, but the the way they were selling him to the old people well, was look at this look at this black he was, guy he was pretending a dem- to be yeah. he was a Democrat and he was an uppity black guy right yeah they were and they so were basically was... like look at this black guy pretending to be cool and pretending to be intelligent and pretending that he got uh, he was a constitutional law scholar and yeah. Um, they they have and then, the same... and then Trump comes along and he is everything that they tried to pretend like Obama was an yeah. elitist who never really earned anything in his life but uh, yeah it's just it's awful this... he is he is the epitome of fuck you flyover country because he was born you know in an ivory tower in New York a silver spoon up his ass he never he's, worked for anything in his life he's, he's given he's everything Joffrey. he's yeah, Joffrey he's... from Game of Thrones if Joffrey had not been poisoned he would go on to become president of the United States. Yeah, and fucking turtle Tywin Lannister Mitch McConnell. That's is, a good uh, analogy. Him up, is yeah, propping yeah, up yeah, King yeah, Joffrey. Yeah. Does does turtle does uh does uh what's his name have a son? I don't 
recall the lineage of um no, nah, I don't know. Look, uh, turtles have a lot of um, offspring, so I I'm don't know if saying, any of them made it to the water or if the seagulls ate them all. Are we are we still on script? Do you think that Mitch McConnell's son is going to shoot him on the toilet uh, with a crossbow? Um, <laughs> and like, is somebody going to poison the president with a poison Big Mac, or are we completely? Are we a spinoff? We're, I mean, I'm just picturing Mitch McConnell laying eggs on the beach at this point, <laughs> swimming at seagulls. <laughs> Listen, uh, kids, keep your lights off at night at the beach, or you'll confuse Mitch McConnell, and he won't be able to lay his eggs and swim back into the ocean. And we need for this to happen. Otherwise, <laughs> how are we ever going to have Peter Dinklage shoot him on the toilet? <laughs> Peter Dinklage is the hero that America needs. Again, I cannot wait until these transcripts are read in court one day when we're at a mock trial before they shoot us. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen of the fake jury, I have transcripts from the podcast. And they said, I quote, we need him to go back to the ocean so Peter Dinklage can shoot him with a crossbow. On the toilet. Um, (laughs) You think we'll drag Peter Dinklage down with us? Oh, that would be cool. Do you think he could be our cellmate in Guantanamo? I think he would hate us because he'd be like, I'm just an actor. Why did you Why drag did you... me into this? And I'd be like, do the voice from the... Oh, fuck. I was about to say The Division. That one video game where you were a robot. I hated that game and everyone hated me in it. Yeah, Peter Dinklage might shoot it us with a crossbow. It was my voice. Oh, that's a good impression. It was my I... voice. I'm still doing it. <laughs> our, our execution is... It's like asking is... Gilbert Godfrey to do the voice of the parrot from Aladdin. I'm already doing that voice! <laughs> Our, uh, our our execution is just going to be Peter Dinklage shooting us with a crossbow <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> like but it'll be in a... Guantanamo, so what, really we'd just be pooping right next to him. Well, oh, just, they're doing it again. I just imagine pop, they pop. bring a they bring a gallows out, but instead of the hangman's rope, they just set up two toilets on the gallows in full view <laughs> of everybody. Toilets on <laughs> no, I was going to say we have to sit on the toilet in front of a crowd while Peter Dinklage shoots us with a crossbow. Uh, I was gonna say instead of a steel guillotine, it's just they tied Peter Dinklage to it and drop him on us. <laughs> this may take a while. He's very small, <sighs> but it, it dropped with enough force. I'm sure he could just lop our heads off. And I guess if you dropped any small person with enough force, that's a good math problem. Kids at home uh, and people <laughs> watching. How high all would America, you have to drop Peter Dinklage for him to yeah. take our heads off? If you can go get Peter Dinklage's weight and then figure out how much force it takes to remove a human head, see if anybody can uh, send us an email at uh, thosemuckrakers at gmail uh, to see if uh, is that our email address? Yeah, it is. To see if uh, how how much how many how many how far you'd have to drop Peter Dinklage from to remove a human head. I haven't checked our emails in a year, but that's still our email. I, well, I don't think anybody's listened to this podcast in a year, so I guess... Hey, that, the, <laughs> the math works out. Checkmate. Yeah, apparently our one listener, Wesley, doesn't listen to the podcast anymore, so we're down to zero. It's just us talking to each other at this point. Well, there was two listeners. It was me and Wesley, and then I've, I've even stopped listening to our podcast as much. God, we've had a 100% reduction in view <laughs> listenership. Eventually, we're just going to put out an empty one-hour sound, sound bite. We'll just stop just, showing up. It'll just be dead air for an hour. <laughs> and that's when we'll get listeners. Oh, oh no. I'm just picturing, like, we, we, it's not even, like, nothing. Instead, just we turn our headsets on and, like, leave for an hour. So we get back, and all it is is just your cats meowing into the mic. Well, we did that one podcast where uh, I messed up my microphone and tried to podcast from the closet. Meanwhile, it was recording ambient from my computer in an empty room. Yeah, that was a that's the the lost episode of those muckrakers. <laughs> I still have the audio from it, by the way. But well, yeah, because I sound like fucking Beaker from the Muppet Babies. Yeah, that's all you can hear is just like Pat Pat asking questions and then just like me 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 because I'm in a closet. <laughs> Uh, the yeah. Pat and Beaker show. <laughs> it's Pat and Beaker in the morning. Beep, 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 beep. Beeping was, at you live. I was thinking about the other day. I was just like, you know, I feel like we live in a time now because of the way the internet works. We're never going to get a morning radio show. Uh, yeah, but I mean, c- clearly we wouldn't do a good job with it if anyone's listened to oh, our Oh, uh, we do a great show. job. If they gave us money and a staff and then we got to just like be like, okay, callers. Uh, call I, I, in had, and... I hadn't considered having money. Yeah, money does make a big difference. Yeah, they pay you for that stuff, and you come up with little games, and you give people advice when they call in with their problems. It would be great. 
But what would be... God, you know what we should have done if we had thought about this ahead of time is, like, look up uh, columns where people have written into other papers and then just, like, read those people's problems and then give our own um, answers to it. It could be, uh, like, a little segment. I got one for... Okay, so you want to play that segment? I got one for you right now. You ready Fuck for yeah, this? let's do it. All right, uh, this is us now shifting to the morning zoo uh, muckrakers news hour. Um, it's morning zoo in the morning. So uh, this was a crazy, it was like a Dear Abby I read, but it was like a Dear Psychology. Yeah, Dear Abby, th- those yeah. types of things. Let's do it was like shit. a Dear Abby, and this was incredible. So, so this, this has so many twists and turns. A uh, right. guy writes in and says, hey, so I've been dating this woman. Uh, you know, she's now my fiance, and we met her parents uh, the other day. And I didn't realize until about half an hour in, it took us a while to figure it out, but I knew I recognized her dad. And it turns out that um, a few years ago, uh, I was going through a uh, bisexual phase and I was sleeping with a lot of guys and I slept with her dad. Um, Bombshell number one. Uh, Bombshell number two is uh, when he was alone with the father, the guy was just like, I don't want you to marry my daughter. I want you to break it off. Um, and then he, the guy well, basically Well, I would say, well, fuck him, but he already did that, so we're going to have to move on to step number two. <laughs> I want you to break it off in my ass. Um, <laughs> break me off a piece of that Kit Kat ass. <laughs> but, like, so he writes in his, this psychologist, he goes, what do I do? And the psychologist is just like, well, uh, uh hold Mar- on, let me Marry let me the get girl, my... you, st- you still like her, so, you know, marry her. I don't know if you want to tell her that you fucked her father. But you should tell him, it's like, look, old man, I'm marrying your daughter whether you like it or not. And, uh, uh yeah. Um, so here's here's what I would, here's what the psychologist it's simple. said. It, me, it, oh, go ahead, yeah. Let, what, me, uh, let me get my, uh, my fucking, uh, psychologist. <laughs> yeah, my psychologist voice on. So the psychologist goes, well, you see, keeping secrets like this is toxic. Uh, and, you know, sharing it openly could destroy a family. So, really, your only, uh, your only action, really, is to break it off. And I was just like, what? fuck that, man. I mean, look, if there was a girl that I could tell her, it's like, look, I'm so in love with you, baby. Also, I fucked your father. And she's still okay with me after that? Yeah, That's yeah, true yeah. love. That's true yeah, love. Exactly. And I think, okay, so I think, like, you got to talk to your fiancé about it, right? I'm not saying break up the marriage and mean like, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, uh, just so you know. Yeah, don't don't tell the mom. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let the whole family keep that secret from Mommy Dearest. But also, I don't think... Unless she's also into it. Could you imagine, like, a um, a, a whole family orgy? Does this take place in the South? Because that might work. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure you can find that on bangbros.com. But, um, but for real, though. But like... for real. With the old man punch and, uh, yeah, um... Well, the whole thing is, number one, I don't think secret keeping is toxic when you are keeping a secret to protect somebody, right? Right. If it's not a secret out of malice, not like you cheated on somebody and then you're not telling them, that's fucked up. But I mean, like, something like this is just like, yeah, okay, so I could see, like, maybe at some point you should share this with your fiancé because the person you marry should be the kind of person that you can share this stuff with and come up and make a decision together about it, right? Right. Uh, The dad fucked up. Fuck him, uh, and he needs to recognize that he's either gay or bi and needs to talk to his fucking wife. Yeah, or, you know, maybe the dad was also just going through a phase or whatever. That might be something that he does need to bring up with his wife, or it may just be like, well, I did that and I'm done with it now, and he can just move on with his life. But I don't... But, yeah, like, the dad trying to say, I don't want you fucking my daughter. You can only fuck one member of this family, and that's me. That's, yeah, uh, I was like, some queen... No, fu- absolutely yeah. fuck him. And, some, queen, uh, some queen bee of this fucking relationship's a little jealous. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, like, don't don't break it off just, just because... Uh, just because you've had um, past relations in the well, family. The psychologist was also like, remember when you marry somebody, you're also marrying their family. Sorry, my voice no. really fucked up on that. No, you're absolutely not. You're marrying no. that person... And their family is incidental. Uh, sometimes you get along with them, sometimes you don't. But they're they don't have to be in the relationship. I don't understand this thing with people. Like I have a relationship with my family, but it is at a distance. So if my family was like, "You gotta break it off," I'd be like, uh, "How about you fuck yourself?" Because I'm making my own decisions, and you either learn to live with them or we don't have contact anymore. But that's your choice, yeah. not mine. 
I, and I, I will say that if you can um, come clean with your uh, fiance and she's still into it, then she's a keeper. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, like yeah, uh, but it's just, uh, it was it's such a weird. But I like, mean, uh, as far as like relationships with um, families go, lots of people don't get along well with their families for all kinds of different. That's reasons. why there's so many it's... in-law jokes in bad stand-up. Yeah, like um. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, my dad never got along with his mother-in-law, and it would always be, like, his greatest nightmare. It's like, oh, I was sitting down to watch the prices rot, and she, Melrose pulled up at the big wheel. The big wheel, they're going to spin it, and she just came right up, and she wouldn't stop talking. Did your dad have an affair with your with his mother-in-law? Is that what happened? Oh, I hope not. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, the only thing to do is encourage him to break it off with your mom <laughs> after, like, 50 years of marriage. Yeah, they really did celebrate their 50-year anniversary a few weeks ago, actually. It's very, it's very sad that it's going to be their last anniversary when she finds out that your dad fucked her dad. <laughs> fucked her dad. <laughs> Not even the mother-in-law. Mother-in-law's coming up, and she has her husband's eyes. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's just, it was just, and I thought the psychologist was completely wrong. I thought that it was just like, look, that's your decision, but if you love this person, stick with them, and if this guy's trying to force you out, he can't really, because what's he going to do? Like, fucking rat on himself or fucking somebody else? Uh, yeah. I'd be like, I'm sticking around, so you can either get with it, or uh, we can sit down with your wife and be like, so you know how you're, you love your husband? And your <laughs> husband also loves the gooch. Well. Yeah. Fuck him. So yeah, that's our. We'll start. We'll try to start doing a dear Abby segment in the beginning because those are a fun opener, I think. Yeah. Try to find some uh, fucked up dear Abby. Maybe we can start our own dear Abby, dear Pat and Pete. Should those be the, those strike me as being like more like near the end of a podcast content instead of at the beginning? Oh, so at the know. beginning, we really should jump into like either the big straight into the big story or the the little stories to build up to the big story, and then we have like a dear Abby section, and then we can throw in like Pete Science Corner, and that's All cute right, news. Fine. Let's do the news. That's the news you can use. Well, in today's news story, fucking New Zealand had a mass shooting, so. God damn it. That's why I wanted to do Dear Abby, because this is super depressing to me. So this guy walked into a mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand, and gunned down 49 people. And the more you read about it, like, the more just that, insanely you hurtful just, it is. You just clarified something for me that I'd been confused over. I kept hearing about, like, a Christchurch shooting and a mosque shooting, and I didn't realize that was one and the same thing, because you don't usually think Christ and, uh, and mosque together. But, well, okay, Christchurch is the name of yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. The mosque was within that place. Gotcha. And he shot up, I think it was like he got, he shot up was, two different... There, there was an Australian politician that was talking about the shooting at Christchurch. He's a um, right-wing nut job that um, is being an asshole about it. And this kid walks up to him and smacks an egg right in his face. And that's, well, that's trending in Twitter this morning. So, like... Uh, well, back of his head, not his face. It's really anyway. horrible. This guy went to, like, two different... I think he hit two mosques. Um... When he walks into the fucking, uh, walks up to the mosque with a gun, the guy standing at the door, the thing the guy said to him before he died, knowing this dude had a gun, was, uh, he said, hello, brother, how are you? And fucking, like, then the dude, he also had a, he was Facebook living and he had a camera, uh, I guess he had his camera Wait, set th up for... this shit was recorded? Yeah, this guy basically had it recorded on Facebook Live, so he had his camera basically, I guess, set up on his person. So there was kind of a first-person point of view as he just shot all of these people that were there for, like, Friday prayer. Um, and it was just like, what a fucking horrendous, despicable act. And an act of, like, and that's the other thing, too, is they're going to try to spin it that it's lone wolf. and It's, it's fucking terrorism. It's right-wing terrorism. It is absolutely political because he wrote a manifesto saying that other right-wing terrorists that have shot up places were his heroes. And it... Now, what pisses me off is that they are immediately trying to politicize this as, you know, see, look, America doesn't have gun problems because other countries also have mass shootings. But, okay, two things. One, this is like their first in 20 years versus we have one every 10 days in America. Yeah. Two, uh, this person was inspired by Americans. He was inspired by Americans, particularly his hero, which he said it was his hero, Donald Trump. That's right, yeah. this guy loved old Trumpy, so he went out and shot a bunch of people in Trump's name, and 
oh yeah, New Zealand, they're not fucking around. They're changing their gun laws. They're trying to make sure this shit doesn't happen again, which is the logical thing to do after a mass shooting. Uh, unlike America, where in America, after every mass shooting, we do everything we can to facilitate the next mass shooting, selling way more guns, well, deregulating guns, letting more and more crazy people get guns, removing registries so there's no accountability for who owns guns. In America, we we thrive on mass shootings because it makes the gun industry it makes arms manufacturers so much money to sell so many more guns every time there's a mass shooting they sell more guns because more people get afraid and they're like more guns is the answer let's pump more guns into the system and then more and more people get shot and most people have said that most people have said i've been pretty decent about it that we're, we're you know we're talking about horrible it is but like that one politician from australia was like the Muslims aren't innocent in this. You know they have a culture that wants to kill us. So don't be surprised. And that's like the gun, the gun fucking Al Qaeda. That's yeah. fucking Al Qaeda and these small little rebel factions do that. It's not all mm -hmm. one billion of them. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you want to blame uh, all the Muslims worldwide for any bad thing a Muslim does, then how come we're not blaming all Christians every time one of these guys, you know, mows people down? You know. Yeah, like, I, I just think that the Christians need to talk to the Christian community about not mass shooting mosques. About not radicalizing these white nationalists, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the Which, big... what, what's sad is that maybe that is a conversation they really should have. Like, yeah. all, all sarcasm aside, maybe fucking Fox News should bring that up occasionally to try and tone down the fiery rhetoric instead of only inciting well, more Fox... hatred in their listeners. Well, Fox News, MSNBC, and a lot of these news companies... They are they are the illusion of choice. So you think that you're like I'm Fox News, or they're all owned by multinational corporations who profit from like our division. Yeah, they really and, are all owned by Bill. Now it's right now it's not all equal. If Fox News ever like went away, if the Dems gained absolute power, I guarantee you MSNBC and stuff really will become just as bad as Fox News. But right now they are yeah. not. Right now they are the voice of reason because they can afford to be the voice of reason. It's okay for them to be. But it doesn't. It does. The division. But, it's stuff. still, but it's still billionaires telling millionaires what to do. The division and all this, and, and how and to, this. and how to influence the middle class and turn the middle class against the poor. This, the so you always, if you want to run things right, you always need an enemy. And after Russia collapsed, uh, we needed a new enemy, right? Because if you don't have an external enemy, you start looking at shit around inside your own country and going, "Huh, that's interesting. That's kind of fucked up. Why are wages so low? I don't like that at all." You know, mm -hmm. you need something to scare the shit out of people. So right now, the the big enemy is, uh, you know, in all the shitty action movies, the big enemy is the Muslims, the Muslim extremists. It's Muslim religion says people, that we must all die. I'm like, yeah, so does the Bible. The Bible says to kill people, too. But we just don't listen to Do that it. part. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, any religious text has some shit in it that's kind of like, ooh. Bible says it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It's like, yeah, well, the Bible also says you should fucking murder people that wear mixed fibers, but we don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Dude. Where's that guy at? Like, and I don't mean I don't want anybody to die, but I'm just like, where's God the guy hates that's... polyester. Yeah, where's the guy that's just going to J.C. Penney and just shooting anybody <laughs> with polyester? Shooting up the fifty percent cotton rack. Yeah, it's just like, da -da 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 -da. why does he shoot up the clothes? He's a Bible guy. I'm a purist. Um, I still believe in the food laws, and I think that the shrimp cocktail eaters yeah. need to go to hell. Um, you know, no one's attacking Bubba Gump Shrimp Company because <laughs> we don't right. fucking believe it. We don't fight, like people don't like stick to that. But that's the same with like it's same with people of the Muslim faith. Like they're not uh, they're they're no more extreme than like I said, like people that like attend Christian churches. Uh, but there are crazy elements of everything. Like, there are people in the Muslim faith who are like, we should, you know, we should kill people and marry 13-year-olds. And then there are Christians who are like, we should also kill people and marry 13-year-olds. Yeah, wanna... and one of their names is fucking Tucker Carlson. Yeah, when are they going to meet and shake hands? That's going to be a scary day, right? Yeah. the extremists fucking... of all religions are just like, well, well, shit, brother, get over here and give me a hug. Let's go kill people together. And fuck 14-year-olds. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking Tucker Carlson, it came out this week, is super pro-pedophilia, it turns out. Because, now, he still doesn't believe that you should just grab a 13-year-old off the street and fuck him. But he thinks if you marry him, you can fuck him all you want. Because he's like, that, that, uh, I can't do a good Tucker Carlson impression. Because that's okay. <laughs> fuck him what? if you marry him, because that's not really the same thing, is it? Let's... And now, here's the thing. Crazy enough, I do agree that it's not the same thing as just randomly raping someone. Because I think it's way fucking worse to imprison someone 
and then just fuck them all you want and have society all around them tell them, oh, no, little girl, you have to live here now. You have to live here and bang this old creepy guy. Uh, That's way worse. He's he's arguing that... Uh, but he, but he's, sex- he's for it. He thinks he's, it's cool. He's arguing that being sexually assaulted once by a stranger is far worse than being imprisoned by a stranger you know and sexually assaulted thousands of times over a number of years. Right. Um... You know, Tucker Carlson looks like a douchey dude we went to high school with. Which one? I don't know. Not a particular one. Just, like, the hairstyle and just, like, the way... Like, mm-hmm. if you go back and look at how he's got that shitty 2000 and, like, early 2000s hairstyle and look, and you're like, what an asshole. Um, uh, he, he always looks like a confused balloon that's just like... Yeah, that's what away. those... You go back through any yearbook from, like, 2000 to, like, 2006, and everyone looks like a confused balloon with weird hair. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, are we going to call him by his real name, Cucker Carlson? Yeah, because you got to cuck the cuck. Um, yeah, he's a fucking asshole. But anyway, yeah. Uh, they're all they're all fucking assholes, man. Like, Sp- speaking of assholes getting fucked, uh, Manafort got more time this uh, this week. He did. I'm still worried because he only got what four years and then seven four. years. Uh, no, you got. You got uh, four more years, so it's going to be eight years total, but that includes uh, time already spent in jail, which is the last year. So that's seven more years, putting him at 77, getting out. But uh, there's a couple things. One is at least this isn't a concurrent sentence, or else he'd be out in three years. So it is, and it was added on to his other sentence. Does he have the possibility of parole? There is a... That was the second thing, is that um, if he does get out early, it won't be but by just a few months. It's, okay. um, they're, they're extremely strict about serving most of the time whenever it comes to this particular crimes. So it's not going to be like after five months he's going to be out of jail. This is definitely going to be, he's going to be pushing close to 76 and 77 before he can get out. I still worry that he's going to go to one of those club feds and then he'll get some kind of, he'll come up, you know, he's already going, they're already going, he's got gout, it would be wrong to put him in prison. I feel like he's Fuck gonna go shit. to he's gonna go to like a club fed kind of like super. We have made fun of people with gout in previous Muckraker episodes because that's the rich people disease. That's something that only phenomenally wealthy assholes can get. Well, not no. Well, it used to be because remember you used to have to be rich to afford a high caloric intake. Now it's just the I eat shitty food and drink too much disease. Oh really? Ah damn! Yeah. I thought that it was just like the wealthy people. No, chocolate, if the, you were a peasant in like medieval the, uh, times. What do you you'd call have, it? The, the gluttony butt diet. Yeah, you'd have Boom, to Boom, the hot syrup on me. Ooh. <laughs> the way, like, the way I eat now, if I went back to medieval times, people would be like, Oh, look at him. He's quite rich to be able to afford to maintain that amount of body fat. You're quite, you're quite large, me lord. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, with uh, just, like, the, the availability of calories, um, it's basically just the, like, I eat good. I drink good, but I don't All feel right. good disease. Yeah. So, before, well, the point though, I was if, if he was... hadn't gotten any additional jail time, I was worried that um, the years in jail would be exactly enough time for him to uh, diet down and get rid of the gout, and then he could come out and rejoin the torturer's lobby uh, as a much healthier person and that this jail sentence would be good for him. I don't... I'm worried that he's going to have some kind of, like, other trumped-up medical thing, you know, where just like, oh, he needs to be compassionate release... Because his heart hurts. <laughs> I mean, you Bill know, Cosby cause... tried that too. Remember when he showed up in jail, like blind and stumbling around and whatever? People yeah. do that whenever, whenever rich people get caught in the act. They try to play off, "Oh, I'm so old and feeble." Like he showed up to um, the the last uh, court hearing in a wheelchair. He's really trying to play the sympathy card hard, and I'm yeah. hoping that the judges don't fall for that shit. Well, wheel your ass on to jail, buddy. Um, yeah, because like fucking, because uh, uh, I I really don't feel sorry for you. I want so this is actually funny. We bring up Manafort because last night I was watching uh, a compilation of scared straight videos. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know we're like kids. Oh, those like used that. to be fun to to watch. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, so I'm gonna take my pocket out of my pants, and you are gonna hold on to it, and yeah, you're gonna yeah, follow yeah. me around. I was listening to one of my favorite comedians, Tom Segura, and he was talking about his favorite episode of Scared Straight. Uh. And uh, they fucking went to this like this little kid, and he was like, "Hold my pocket, hold my yeah. pocket," and uh, would just say shit like, uh, "You're gonna suck my dick for breakfast every morning." And the kid's like, "I don't like breakfast." <laughs> um, that's what I want for Manafort. Well. I want him to go to like a scared straight prison where they're like, "Manafort, hold my pocket." 
Like that's that's what I want. I just yeah, I want Manafort to suck dick for breakfast, basically. Oh, speaking of sucking dick for breakfast, fucking um, <laughs> Roger. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Roger Stone's, um, what do you call it? Trial has been set, but it's been set for fucking December. Uh, well, I'm hoping that, uh, fuck, man, I, I was going to make a joke about a song, but I realized the song was about September, not December. And I went, I never mind. I remember what happened in September. Wait, I don't remember what happened in September. Anyway, no, I whatever. Was, I was going to say, I, I say do you remember, ah, sentence in September. Then I'm like, well, that doesn't work because he's not even going D- to trial. Fuck D- it. Abort the joke. Move on. <laughs> I mean, you could have just used the word December. They I could have. The, the words <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> Shut up. Let's move on. Let's not pick me apart here. All right. You know what? Uh, you know still, what, Pat? You know I still, what I'm remember, gonna say? I still you know remember what? we continued our conversation in September. You know what I'm going to say to you? <laughs> Hold my pocket! <laughs> You're going to eat granola bars every day for breakfast. Oh, I don't like granola bars. <laughs> Shut up and eat this granola bar. Please, uh, man, um, the, ki- the kids I were watching last night, like, I was oh. just, I was, I was amazed because, like, one kid is yelling at this, like, 300-pound monster felon uh, behind... The guy's in his cell, but, like, the kids are lying up outside, and the kid's like, man, hold my dick! I'll slap the shit out of you! And I'm like, you know what, kid? You may... You know, they can't fuck you up on camera, but at some point, you're probably going to come back to the prison system, and you're probably <laughs> going to see this guy again, and because he's probably in there for life, and he's going to remember this. And so he may indeed <laughs> hold your dick, but not in the way that you're thinking that it's going to happen. It will not be pleasant. Yeah. Let's see. So, uh, God, I got to go back to the list. This is the first time I've sat down for the whole podcast. I like to pace around, whereas all my notes are in the other room. I would too, uh, but my, in, my, in, my, oh, my come head... the fuck on news. Oh, come the but fuck no. on. Okay. Uh, yeah. In, uh, in oh, come the fuck on news, it uh, seems Ivanka and Jared liked flying on Air Force One a lot to the point in which they were asking to fly without necessity. And uh, after people began to catch on to them doing this, they started turning them down because Air Force One isn't for joy rides for the fucking Blotus's shitty fucking kids, right? That's the but, high, again. Rich people are fucking boring. You are rich. You can take a private charter flight to anywhere, but that's not good enough. You want to fly Air Force fucking One? Like yeah. you're what the fuck is wrong with you? So, not uh, you, but them. Yeah, I know. They, they. They found a way around um, old man Tillerson uh, by just inviting cabinet officials to go with them, which will suddenly turn it into an official trip, which usually meant uh, they would just ask Mnuchin to come fly with them. Um, and, <laughs> and so they can just get away with defiling Air Force One with their shitty fucking... They need right. to go to fucking prison and hold that out. guy's pocket. I'm, yeah, <laughs> you know what they need? They need to hold my pocket! <laughs> like, Here's my thing. Uh, you said Air Force One is... De- I think Air Force One was probably defiled at the very least around the Kennedy administration. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of... I'm, I am certain there's been a lot of, like, Air Force One orgies uh, over I, the years. I, I just um, don't want to conflate real presidents with um, the current fake nonsense. I just, like, just fly. Just fucking fly, fly a goddamn Learjet. Like, leave fucking... It's a waste of money to like be like, well, I like Air Force One because of the luxury. You can get any other plane that's just as luxurious that's not Air Force One that's not on the taxpayer's fucking dime. Yeah. So, um, in a make Mueller public again news, the, oh, ha- yes. the House passed a bill this uh, this week to make the Mueller report public when it's done. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, gee, Pat, did it pass along party lines? I bet it passed along party lines, didn't it? It actually passed 420 to zero. It passed unanimously. Every single Republican and Democrat. Every sing- There was not one goddamn dissenter. So then we hold our breath to see what the Senate does, right? What, what, mm-hmm. what, how will the Senate vote on it? Now, we know that Trump's going to veto it. Like, even though, I mean, it should get a veto-proof majority. But anyway, that's not going to happen now because Lindsey fucking Graham, I do declare, Lindsey Graham literally but, buttery mails to block it from the Senate. The Senate cannot vote on it because Lindsey Graham was like, oh, but what about Hillary's emails? I've read a lot about Lindsey Graham. And, like, 
it seems like he is, you know, we joke about being cuckolded, but he really seems to have been cuckolded. And now I don't know if they're, the Russians have like video of like Trump fucking Lindsey Graham's wife while Lindsey Graham watches or if Lindsey Graham just has a weird... angrily in the corner. Or he's got a weird fantasy about, like, I would, I, it really turns me on if I'm just completely... Because he seems to have some fire and some fucking spirit, but he's replying it in all the wrong places. And I can't tell if it's political theater or if he is fucked and he's having his strings pulled, you know? I really hope that the Mueller probe also reveals that he is deeply embedded in this shit, too, because why the fuck would he take one for the team and block it from the Senate? He's doing stuff that doesn't make any political sense to me. This Maybe is, I'm an idiot, but like... This is it, clearly people defying the will of Congress, right? Because this the fucking will of Congress says this shit should happen, and Lindsey Graham's like, oh my stars! Well, it's like when you watch a Superman movie or a superhero movie where people are before the Universal Tribunal and all the hooded, you know, judges go, guilty, guilty. And then the last one, you're like, oh, he's definitely going to say guilty. And then he just goes, but her emails. I'm like, wait, what? No, we knew how this was going to work. He was going to say guilty into the Phantom Zone. What? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with that guy. So um, uh, speaking of defying the will of the people, though, the, um, the resolution was voted on this week to end Trump's fake national emergency. Yeah. And it passed the Senate 59 to 41. That's 12 members of the GOP voting to end it. So well, this isn't completely along party lines. It's well, not a veto-proof out. majority, but it's enough to pass it. And it got pushed through, and Trump immediately tweeted, VETO in all caps. But did he remember to actually veto it? Because remember, sometimes he forgets to sign stuff. That's true, and that would be amazing. A lot of people, I saw that from a lot of people on Twitter and forums saying, quick, nobody tell him that that's not how it works. Maybe he won't know to veto it. Yeah. Um, so, again, we talked about this before, so... The, the it, it, he vetoes it and then it can go back, and if it has the numbers, it can pass by two thirds majority. I think but, that there are enough Republicans. Remember, the Republicans will defect. Uh, having Democrats control the House is not a bad thing. It actually gives the Republicans more leeway because they can play a better political game. When the Republicans control everything, there can be no dissent, or that person will be singled out like a sickly calf on the Serengeti and devoured by wolves. Right. Right. But this gives an avenue for at least middle-of-the-road, less, less psychotically ideological pure Republicans to make decisions. And hopefully, uh, we'll break up the logjam, and then maybe if we can get some movement in the Senate for the next election cycle, we can start seeing middle-of-the-road Republicans, and it won't be just a supermajority, supermajority. Speaking of, this is actually a game played by uh, Mitch McConnell. He allowed these 12... Make no mistake, Mitch McConnell, Turtle Tywin Lannister, allowed these 12 to uh, to vote for this, right? Yeah. So that what happens is that it's this perfect middle ground where they will not be able to argue in court that Trump is fulfilling the will of the Senate, but also it's not veto-proof, so this isn't the Senate doing that, so this doesn't put any heat on McConnell. See, right. the reason why... The the reason why this matters is because of a combination of, now I looked this up, the Federalist 58 Power of the Purse and the Yogstown Steel case, which will make it effectively impossible for the president's lawyers to argue in the court that they are carrying out the will of Congress. I already said that. I guess I'm I'm just reading like the summary I wrote for myself here. And without the ability to argue that case, the emergency will be destroyed in the courts. Trump has lost his national emergency. It's a dead emergency walking at this point. Yeah, which is the biggest thing, even though he didn't do anything with it, it's just, it's super dangerous for the president to be able to seize power of the purse on his own, um, because, uh, like I said, I think our most, I think our most important branch of the government is the Supreme Court, but I think a very close second to that is, is, uh, the Senate and the House, is Congress. It's fucking awful that I... A, a sizable percent of the Supreme Court at this point is full of rapists that are just e- enabling bullshit and that the Supreme Court has been stacked with deplorables, but whatever. I mean, what the fuck can we do at this point? I'm not, I'm not as worried about that. I think the Supreme Court, there is a, there's a correcting factor there... in the Supreme Court that people don't think about a lot, which is they may have been, oh, I'm ideologically pure to get here and this, that, and the other. But once you're there for a while and you realize that you don't have to run for re-election and 
Right, but Kavanaugh has already expressed desiring revenge against the Democrats, so he's definitely going to look for a place to fuck with them. And since the Democrats right now are only wanting what's good for the people, Kavanaugh will naturally have to hurt the people of America to get revenge. But I'm saying, even even a piece of shit like Kavanaugh, give him a few years... Um, I don't want to. I want him to step the fuck down and get no, arrested I, for being a serial rapist. I, I, well, number one, the problem with that is there's no there's statute of limitations and the evidence in a court of law, right? That's never going to happen. Right. Um, but like, right? Two, justice cannot happen to the Supreme Court. Justice can't even happen to yeah. white people. But so. my point is, the one correcting factor is over the years. That's why the Supreme Court is insulated. Over the years, uh, things fade. People's ideas can change and soften. Like, there's but, always but, a justice that. But I mean, that's this... like how Trump has gotten better at being president over the last two years. He's learned more about how to get what he wants. But this isn't what I wanted. I don't want someone that's profoundly unqualified to just slowly adapt to the position to the point in which Fox News can make people forget about the first year and spin it to where, oh, look, Trump's I getting what he wants. Yes, I feel. And I'm probably going to end up uh, being publicly executed, much like Ned Stark. But uh, I feel very much like Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones with this, where I'm just like, I'm like, it's like if I'm dying, I'm talking to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I'm like, Ruth, I'm dying, and I need you to help Canova become a better person. (laughs) Teach him. Make him a good justice. And then I die, and of course, you know, it all goes to hell. But point being, like, at least that's, there's that. That's when Peter Dinklage comes down and lops your head off. <laughs> yeah. At least at least there's a, uh, uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, <laughs> at least. Uh, I was just doing a call back to the front of the podcast. I know. I'm trying to confuse people. <laughs> but it, at least there's a self-correction in the Supreme Court, which is over the years being insulated from that stuff. It, and remember, too, here's the other thing about the Supreme Court. It's done awful, shitty jobs in the past, right? And it's done tremendous damage to people. Um, there's a, like, uh, as a U.S. history teacher, I'm constantly teaching my kids horrible cases. Um, I just, I always want the bad to go away. I want us to move towards a better, more educated future. It can be fixed, and it often is corrected over time. Remember, this is the same court that ruled in the Dred Scott decision, in Dred Scott versus Sanford, that not only were, uh, fucking, uh, not only were, like, uh, slaves property and therefore had no rights to even come to court... Are, are you saying that the, fact... the results of that case were dreadful? Yeah, I would say they were definitely dreadful. He was aptly named for that court case. Yeah. Um, but the but, court also but... ruled that, that no black people in the United States had any rights whatsoever, and furthermore, were not citizens. Um, and we came back from that, and it was horrendous. And there are horrendous things that happen with the court, but the, the thing I'm saying is, like, it may take thousands of Americans shooting each other in the face at Chickamauga... But, you know, hopefully we'll course correct. Yeah. I hope so. I really do. Um, like, I mean, like we said before, all they have to do is load the Supreme... The next time we have Democrats controlling every branch of government, they just have to load the Supreme Court, well, um, remember... swell it from 9 to 12 people, and then blow up the filibuster so that that can never be done again. Lock it in to majority... Uh, Dems, and uh, that way we don't have to worry about the the deplorables having any sort of sway within the Supreme Court. They'll be far too marginalized. I think the way that you fix the logjam of a... You you get rid of the filibuster, um, but to keep one-party rule from happening, you do that thing I talked about last podcast where um, you you basically, by law, force a third-party candidate to have to run in the presidential election, and then you force... Maybe you force a percentage... Of um, the uh, uh, Congress, uh, of the House and the Senate, uh, there's got to be a, a certain percentage of third-party candidates that are always that have to have that are at least guaranteed a few seats, right? Yeah, maybe. So, like, you know, that way, even if one party is the majority and one party is the minority, you would still have a wild card factor of a, a third, a third. Uh, I, I, a third I just party. look. I'm gonna feel so much more comfortable. You know, risking throwing a third-party candidate in there whenever we don't have a Trump running for president. Like, a guy who... Like, this is not normal. This is not just politics as normal. This is so far well, beyond the remember, pill. Remember, third-party candidacy and multiple multiple people well, when, running... When, this, when there's zero risk of a Trump becoming president, if it's just like the... If it was Jeb Bush versus Hillary, then I wouldn't care if uh, Johnson was required to get a third of the votes also. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. Let who... I mean, Jeb... I would hate Jeb Bush being president, but it wouldn't... He would not destroy America, right? He might put us into another endless war and kill thousands more people like his brother, but whatever. 
I mean, Trump's killing thousands of people needlessly by fucking over Puerto Rico. Third-party candidates was how we got Lincoln. Yep. I'm saying it can it can work out. And yeah, third that would party, be fantastic whenever we can get rid of the deplorables. I don't third, want third fucking party, orange Hitler, right? Third, third party candidates was how we got Bill Clinton. What? No, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill. Um, according to my very crestfallen and upset parents, and this is the first political thing I remember from when I was a kid, they were so mad that Ross Perot ran, and they blamed him for shaving oh, enough. Oh, yeah, gotcha. They, they blamed Ross Perot for shaving just enough votes off of George H.W. Bush that Clinton got in there. That's their actual, I mean, I mean, they might have a point. That might be true, but I don't know. I'm just saying, we, we get we get some better decisions the more choices we have. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. We force, we force it. We set it up by law so that, by law, that, that, there has to be at least three parties running people. Yeah, that was also a really bad time in America because Reagan's not that different from Trump in that he's just a fucking actor that doesn't really know what he's doing and he just did whatever his wealthy benefactor said. And really, it was George H.W. Bush getting 12 terms or 12 years as president. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you what Hank Hill said about Reagan. I'll tell um, you what? I'm <laughs> on, uh, on uh, King of the Hill, and it was actually probably one of the best conservative-like explanations of Reagan. Um, when uh, uh, there was like an episode about like homeless people, and uh, there's this homeless guy on uh, King of the Hill named Spongy, and he's like this crazy guy, like Spongy's been here for four years. Uh, why are you taking Spongy's corner anyway? Um, so <laughs> fucking uh, he comes up to the car one day, and like you know he's mad he's been kicked off. He's been kicked out of his corner, and he's just like, Spongy wash windows? Ronald Reagan kicked me out of my mental institution. And so as they drive <laughs> away, Bobby asks Hank, he was like, Dad, why did Ronald Reagan kick Spongy out of his mental institution? And he goes, well, you see, son, it was a tough time. You know, Dutch was in a Cold War, and he had to make some tough choices. <laughs> and that's what, that's what I was going to say about Reagan. It was just like, he was in a Cold War, so he had to make some tough choices, like destroying mental health care. And, uh, you know, letting the AIDS epidemic happen. Yeah. Speaking of AIDS, apparently we have a cure for it now. We Well, tentatively, two people in this new type of cure therapy they've been given have, uh, have fully uh, been cured. Of HIV. Um, yeah, of HIV, which is, which is really neat. So we're it, It's what real... causes AIDS. We, yeah. There's not really, probably not going to be a cure for AIDS, because that just means your immune system's... Like, AIDS isn't... Or AIDS is the disease that results from the illness. That means your immune system is completely fucked and just, like, gone at that point. Yeah. So how do you get that back once it's completely gone? I don't fucking know if that's even well, possible. Well, you got to remember, too, this but cure also HIV, only... if you can get rid of HIV, then that stops AIDS from happening. This cure also only cures a specific strain. There's another strain, I think, that is still Oh, there's... With, with diseases, there's always a million strains yeah. because they reproduce so fast. Speaking that, of... Um, that they evolved to uh, survive everything. Speaking of in-disease news, they've had a recent uh, minor outbreak of uh, the Black Plague in, uh, I believe, the Democratic uh, Republic of the Congo. Uh, Anti-vaxxer strike again? No, no, no. They have it under control. Um, but the, So here's the problem scientifically that bothers me. Whenever we have an outbreak of some major disease like that, somewhere near in, in Africa, near what's known as the Great Rift Valley... Um, right. It's because it's incredibly biologically diverse, and that's where humans originally came from. So we should pay closer attention to diseases that come from the birthplace of humanity, because I'm willing to put my money down this podcast that the plague that wipes us out will probably start around that area where humanity started, right? Maybe, but I think global warming's going to snap us out uh, before that happens. Uh, it could, but global warming could also help uh, facilitate that, that, uh, the that, that's spread of That's another thing, disease. is that... Um... If we Hillary Clinton had a lengthy, well thought out plan already all ready to put in place whenever she won to revolutionize America's energy industry, which could be part of the reason why she lost because the oil industries was paying a little bit more to promote Trump. But anyway, she had this plan in mind and it would have actually helped steer the world away from its destruction because Trump doesn't even believe in global warming. He destroyed, he wiped out everyone in government that was a scientist that believed in truth and facts and evidence, logic, reason, and reality. And he replaced them all with a bunch of deplorable oil industry people. So Trump is steering us. Now here we are 12 years from the end of the world. We need to course correct before that time is out. And Trump is steering us right towards that iceberg. And he's like, bigly is he just jettons us towards it. 
I want that's to another know... reason why I'm not super concerned about who becomes president next, because we're all probably going to die because Trump fucked us all. Uh, maybe. I mean, we can still pull it back. And uh, we could be like, maybe we should reason with the people that voted with them. Why? I, we're all about to die because of them. I have one strong belief in humanity that whenever, whenever our back's to the wall and the enemy becomes clear and present... We have, it's the same way the, you know, the Watchmen where they gave us an enemy to unite us. The problem with global warming right now is it's kind of a faceless terror and like it's too, it's easy for dumb people to dismiss. Um, But I think once shit is really on the fan, I think that maybe, uh, I mean, maybe, but in South Park, whenever Man Bear Pig tore into that restaurant and it was murdering people, the guy was sitting there talking to his wife saying, listen, Sharon, what's happening right now is not real, okay? It's all just one big hoax. And she's like, there's Man Bear Pig right there. Just turn around and look at it. He's like, okay. And he turns and he looks and he sees Man Bear Pig ripping people to fucking shreds. And he turns back and he says, okay, so Man Bear Pig is real. But what can we do about it? What if we did something and then China doesn't do anything about it? Have you considered that? And then Man Bear Pig rips him in half and throws his torso away i agree i understand and i agree that you're saying and maybe my faith is misplaced uh, <laughs> well but... it's, it's because they're not going to be able to see the clear and present danger until it's too late like once mountains start exploding then or once we turn into venus and everyone sees their neighbor being cooked alive on the asphalt outside then they're right. like well we should do something well we should have done something 10 years ago it's too late right. now right but what but... are you gonna do shoot the typhus I never, I never believe that. I never believe that there's a time in which it's too late. I understand. What, I'm not saying the scientists are wrong. I'm just saying that, like, maybe if we don't turn the ship around, uh, we'll still do something. Maybe, you know, nothing, uh, uh, nothing forces innovation like seeing your family die of uh, completely preventable uh, causes. I guarantee die of that all vaporization. the I, I, I could be wrong, but I guarantee all the anti-vaxxers that watch their kids die of the measles. Are probably like maybe I should have got a vaccine. Yeah, if they're if they're allowed to have kids again, then maybe they'll. Uh, It'll they'll be bad. I mean, correct. like I'm sure somebody saw the Great Depression coming, and no one did shit about it. But once everyone was like, "Damn, ah, uh, it's We're real dying. bad." Yeah, it's real bad that I'm eating shoe leather, and I had to steal those shoes from my kids so I wouldn't starve. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We 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 came back from it, and we Don't passed worry, a bunch of. Yeah. Watch little Tommy dies. We can eat him too. Oh, I know, Martha. He'll be delicious. We got a bunch of really great social welfare programs out of that. And changed the course of American history. And, and we people damn near got the second Bill of Rights, but then yeah. uh, FDR had to go and kick the bucket right before he passed it. But it's okay because the second Bill of Rights lives again in the Green New Deal. And people will argue that like WW2 got us WW2 got us out of the depression. I'm like it helped, but a lot of the stuff we did, we were already on our way, working our way out of it. Yeah. So much like a much like a Chris Angel or a Harry Houdini, uh, once the cuffs are on and we're slowly being dipped into the pool of uh, uh, water uh, that is climate change, I'm hoping that we'll figure out how to pick a lock. You know. I mean, maybe not. Houdini did die from getting punched in the stomach really hard, so he didn't—he <laughs> didn't have a way out of that one. Uh, yeah, no, that's a true story. Uh, Houdini I died know. from a trick. He used to be able to like tighten his stomach muscles and take tremendous impact, and so yeah. he told this guy, he "Was like, I want you to punch me in the stomach as hard as you can, and I will demonstrate and, that." And, and before, before Houdini he, was ready, he was like, "Bam!" Yeah, the guy went, "Pow!" And he was like, "Oh my." What did he, he ruptured his kid, not his kidney, he ruptured his appendix and then died. Uh, very sad. But uh, maybe that won't happen to humanity.